0: Dane and Derek is an uncensored, unfiltered podcast. You can find content warnings in the episode description. Thank you for listening. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Dane and Derek. We are back this week with our good friend, Will Beggs. My name is Derek. Uh, Dade say hi. Hello. And Will, say hi.
1: Hey, it's me again.
0: Yeah, this week we're talking about improv in all kinds of places. So, Will, you 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 do a lot of improv. <laughs>
1: um, I I do I do a fair amount. I've just recently been getting back into it because um, I like a lot of people. I did it when I was in college, which I feel like is when a lot of people get kind of exposed to it. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's only recently since I moved that I've started doing it um, in a more like um, specific context, like taking classes or um, just doing it as something to make my brain work in a little bit of a different way because I feel like it's so rare. You guys probably feel this about RPGs and tabletop games. It's just like, it's so rare that you play pretend anymore when you're like, yeah, you know, totally an adult. So Definitely. yeah. I mean, do I'm interested to hear for you guys, like what is your experience with like improvisation, not necessarily like Here, like on the stage improv but like in in anything in any creative pursuit
2: uh Derek why don't you go first because I bet my answer might be a little longer
0: um yeah so I mean like improv let's see I mean I guess it probably started with like movies and not writing screenplays and just kind of making it up Mm -hmm. uh and then kind of doing a lot of theater in high school did a little bit of improv in high school, um, and then of course like Dungeons and Dragons. Uh, that's a lot of improv. And then in college, uh, not much in college. Well, in college we started doing the actual play stuff, Dan. We recorded two shows that will never see the light of day. Yep, because they they just weren't they just you know they they just didn't work unfortunately. Um, but then I, I guess within the last year. I started doing an an actual play of my own um and that's had a little bit of that improv back but outside of that i i mostly just i watch improv i go to ucb i used to go to ucb a lot and watch a lot of Mm. improv musicals uh so yeah uh so my my experience is pretty limited to like D D and film and watching people on stage uh
2: yeah dane um, I started watching improv back when I was, I think, eleven. Because one of my very good, f- like, family friends, he does a ton of improv, like, to this day. And I would go, and it was a um, playback, um, oh. improv where someone would go up and like tell a story or give a thing, and uh, then they would like reenact it, sort of. Um, and that was fantastic. And I actually. I didn't participate in terms of acting, but I would go down from time to time. I, um the vacuum story, which I've told on the podcast, I actually did up there and they did it hilariously. It was, it was amazing. <laughs> oh, nice. Um And so I, I really appreciated it for a really long time. I very quickly saw how D and D was like related to that. And then like Derek, we, you know, like half of our, half of our script line readings usually had like a slight bit of improv in them when we were filming. So like there was some of that. Um, but I think the most improv I've, I've ever done was when we were doing the diceology in level one. And I was doing that with Will and Sam um, and Taylor and we would do these basically it's whenever we would get off of like whatever our main thing was because, like, while there was, like, a lot of improv in our, like, main season stuff, there was, like, a lot of prep, especially especially on my end, usually, as, like, mm. showrunner producing and stuff. Um, but, like, when we would do, like, Dust of the Traveled Road or uh, Bottled Cities or uh, Fall of Magic or any of those, like, um, suddenly we would just be doing whatever, right? Like, um, I think the one the one thing I remember being the most like having that, like there's that stereotype stereotypical, like yes. And rule for, for improv, right. Where mm. I was like, yep, we just got a yes. And this was when Sam said rock fish. And I was like, okay. Yes. And <laughs> <laughs> the fish are made
1: of rocks. Here we go.
2: Here we go. Um, <laughs> and, and so like, I've really always like really enjoyed and appreciated improv. Um, though it always makes me a little nervous. The, the, further and further away it's why i like uh tabletop games as a sort of a platform for them just because the the game itself offers me like a spot for where i can like fall back on where i'm like yeah okay i'm going to roll dice now thanks um
1: <laughs> um yeah and i mean in a way like the dice themselves are like a great improviser's tool cuz it's completely randomized and so mm-hmm. now you have something like let me just roll this number and then whatever it is will then inform my reaction. Right.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Which yeah. is like
1: a great, a great thing to have. Um, yeah.
2: And I remember going to see left, right, Tim was it at CU? Yeah. 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 I remember going to see that a couple times and really enjoying my, my time both. Um, oh God. What was it? Was it, uh, there was a, there's a bit that sticks in my brain rent free, um, which is, uh, the preteen police. I, I there's. I'm sure you don't remember, but like, <laughs> I remember seeing you and like one other guy. Um, you guys would like stomp your foot and do like a whoop, like like a pretend like cop cop car noise, and be like, "We're the preteen police." And I was like, "All right, that's gonna stick in my fucking head for the rest of my life." Okay, cool. Um, and I think that's what I really love about improv. Um, personally, is just the fact that it is pure play and it is generative and free and yet Mm. sometimes it will produce a thing that I'm like you could not have made that really in on your own or like consciously you know yes Um, exactly yeah and it's so cool um and is it is it like your primary like creative outlet
1: these days or at different points will um I, I at different points I come back to it Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And sometimes I crave the structure of being able to like write something down and edit it and have it exist. Yeah, Uh, But also I find that that's more work and I'm kind of lazy as well. So it's nice to be like, to show up and do improv and be like, I don't have to prep anything per se. I can just like, we're going to figure it out in the moment. Because then the audience is so thrilled that the, because there's the shared understanding in the room that these people are making it up as they go. Yes. Um, So, like, if you were to read back an improv scene to someone as if it had been like written down and like, I wrote this, it might not be as funny, but it's also the understanding that it's being like done on the spot, which adds to the heightened, you know, like Uh, nature of it all. Um, Yeah. An audience will go with you. To some weird places. Yeah. Um, with yeah, with improv that they might not ever go with you for like a sketch or a play or like something like that. Totally. Totally, um, totally. And, but that's also I feel like why most of improv theater is comedy related because mm-hmm. there's a lot of humor in watching someone try and make something up, like being forced to invent something. Um, and also like the unexpected nature, you know, so much of comedy is is subverting expectation and things not going the way you think they're going to go. Which is why, like, when you watch live improv, it's virtually always comedy, Um, which is what also makes something like RPGs and tabletop games so special and important is because it's like, at least in my experience, it's one of the only areas where we ever do like serious improv, you know?
2: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'll, I'll use dust of the traveled for, for reference. If you guys, if anyone listening wants to know what we're talking about, um, go to Diceology uh, and dust of the traveled road is maybe, maybe the most serious improv you and I together have ever done. Oh
1: yeah. Um, yeah. I would say.
2: Because that one we were just like, I don't know if it was just something in the air, but you, me, Natalie and Olivia were just like, we were all just like, just like dealing with topics and it's not that it didn't get funny at times. Right. I remember there were like the glass priests who were just con men (laughs) Uh and that shit was hilarious. Um, But also there was like a point I think where I think it was Olivia and I who got into like a whole thing where we're like, we're just talking about slavery. Like that's what we're talking about. Um, And you're right. That's super cool. Uh, The, the improv group I saw is like, as a kid with my family friend, they would occasionally get serious because sometimes someone would get up and tell a story that was not funny. Mm. That was very serious. And I remember feeling at the time when I would watch those feeling a little bit, like even as a little kid, like not a little kid, but like, even as like a 13 year old, I was like, I think you should be going to therapy. (laughs) I don't think this is the place. Um, Yeah. This isn't
1: the forum. Yeah. Sort of thing.
2: And, and I think, I think it's really hard. What do you think as, as someone who does way more improv, like to do serious improv versus, Mm. cause I remember when I was like, Olivia and I were making it up as we go along talking about this, like very difficult topic. Like we were nervous, you know, like there was a lot of tension and it only worked because we'd all been working together for
1: a year and a half and had a lot of trust there, you know? Well, and that's the biggest thing is, yeah, you need like trust, you need support. And even with, you know, even if the nature of what you're talking about is comedic, like even if you, you, you know, so many sensitive issues are handled in comedy. So I feel mm-hmm. like, um, and a lot of people don't realize that in order to do improv, well, funny, comedic improv, you need to have the exact same like level of trust and support and understanding as you would, if you were going to do a serious improv scene with someone, you know? Totally. And I think like, you know, to your point of like, you know, people divulging, you know, sensitive stories, it's funny because, you know, it's like that in a way, like comedy and theater is a form of, it's very therapeutic for some people to work out these issues mm-hmm. um, in, and see them made fun of and see them mocked. And then it makes the thing less, less hurtful or less heavy. That's not for, I mean, that's not how everyone, you know, wants to deal with, with stuff. But I find sometimes if things are bugging me, like, you know, joking about it in that space can help. Um, that being said, I, I encourage everyone to supplement, you know, like go to actually go to therapy and talk, talk about your issues. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, and, and that's also, you know, that's like so much media, right? That's fantasy. That's sci-fi. They're all mm-hmm. just like le- ways that you can be somewhat separated from what is actually like a real issue and like a really intense topic but by putting the veneer of comedy or sword and sorcery or science fiction like you can actually get so much closer and like um understand the issue so much better because you start from a place that seems like it's not what it's actually about yeah totally definitely
2: so Derek, you've done the. i'm the person here who hasn't done theater personally yeah though and will you've done scripted
1: theater as well right I have yeah yeah a little bit.
2: Yeah. How do you guys feel about the the way those two interact because oddly when I as just an audience member the two feel wildly wildly different and I actually personally prefer improv um because on the whole weirdly to me it feels more genuine um than a staged um and and scripted scripted theatrical production and that's that's certainly personal preferences and whatnot but like there is a serious difference even though they're in the same they literally take place on the same physical space
0: yeah that's a great question um i've done more scripted than i have improv And what I will say is that I've used improv as a crutch when I can't remember my lines (laughs) (laughs) and I've gotten yelled at by castmates a lot um, for not knowing my lines, (laughs) Um, which I think they each have their place, right? I think think it's easy to say, right, like scripted is always serious and non-scripted is always funny. But Ooh. I think there's a lot of space for that not to be true, you know? Like what we've been talking about this whole episode. Um, personally, I think there's there's an adrenaline rush to doing things with improv that I think is like... like so, More so than the rush of being on stage, you know, improv I think takes it to another place. Uh, I always found black box theater and like short theater to be like, one-act theater to be more interesting for me as an actor than, like, full-on plays. Mm -hmm. And I think that's because, like, you know, you're doing a lot with very little, which I think is kind of, you know, leading into improv, right? Like, usually it's in a black box. Usually there's not props. Uh, Usually there's just boxes that people jump up and down on sometimes, if even, right? Uh, Especially, like, well, you were talking about, Will, like, how there's that accepted, like, thrill of it's all being made up on the spot like there's no way people could do that especially like you know like i go watch these improvised musicals where people are singing you know they're yeah, they're, they're making up lyrics
1: yeah it's even more like whoa yeah you, really it's hard to make that up on the spot
0: mm-hmm. yeah yeah you know i watched an improv musical called subpar superheroes like <laughs> it, it was great you know there was flying there was saving the president there was strange superpowers you know, you wouldn't see that in a play, written, performed. Like, like in a lot of ways, written plays feel like tentpole movies to me, you mm-hmm. know? They feel like a Marvel movie. They feel like a blockbuster, you know? Like, you're going to see the big names because that's what's going to draw people in. Uh, whereas, like, improv and black box theater feels a lot more like indie work, which is personally where I think my tastes align more with and I think. I don't know. It's been so long since I've acted in something, but I think as an actor, I prefer those smaller spaces because you you can see everyone watching you. As scary as that is, Uh you you know everybody's watching you, and you know that you're making a connection with a very small group of people versus being blinded by big stage lights, and you can't see the huge audience in an auditorium. You know.
1: Yeah, and and that's both thrilling and terrifying. Yeah. At the same time. Uh. Um. But yeah I, I also think like the nature of improv when it's done well if if you're really good at improv, it actually ends up then bending more towards like scripted theater and movies in the sense that like it's all it all ends up being interconnected, yeah like um like like you said with subpar superheroes, the musical like part of why that's so funny is by the time it was over, you were like. I can't believe they made that all up because it actually was like a kind of a story with some cohesion with a narrative. They saved the president. They did this, they did that. And that is also thrilling because it's funny to watch improv. That's just like a bunch of scenes, like one after the other. And that's like, Oh, that was funny. That was funny. But like, like one of the oldest forms of improv, one of the oldest show formats, um, created by this guy, Del Close, who created the second city, um, improv theater in Chicago. And it's like, you know, one of the, you know, founding figures of, of modern improv um, is this format called the Herald, which is, you know, you take, you do three different scenes, then you do like a big group scene with everyone involved. And then you do three more scenes where you revisit the first three improv scenes that you did and you move forward in time or you, you know, extend things. Then you do another group kind of scene with everyone involved and then at the very end, all three of those scenes, all three of those quote-unquote you know improv worlds that you created, they all coalesce and come together for one final big scene. And that, if it's hard to do. You have to kind of really know the people you're doing it with. But once mm-hmm. you do it, it's a very exciting feeling um, because it gives what was supposed to be something completely unpredictable and that you made up on the spot. It gives it a cohesion and like, the sense that, oh, this was all, this all meant something. This was all leading up to something and it resolved itself. You know, it's like when you, Dane, I don't know, you could probably relate. Like when you write music, it's like, you know, some, you see that meme where like people will play a song and they'll leave out the chord that's supposed to resolve the song and it like irritates people. And they're like, something feels off. You know, people like that in their theater as well. They like that in their, um, what they watch. Um, which is like why when we did bottled cities, that was really great because you, me and Sam, we kind of like, it all came together at the end in a very satisfying way.
2: Yeah. We accidentally basically did a three act story. Yeah. Um, with, I, I, I believe it was three locking um, plot lines, which was the, 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 the nobility, nobility brother plot line. Right. Mm-hmm. um and that include that was like the main one with like the there was the evil prince from across <laughs> the
1: sea or whatever
2: that yeah, you played yeah. that was like a complete princess bride villain um uh-huh. and then there was like the people at the docks that the who were trying to i don't know what they were trying to I, I think it was like they were just trying to sell their fish and like open a yeah. stall <laughs> something like that and then <sighs> there was the then there was like the we we, we had like political unrest and like a vote in the city that was also uh-huh. happening at the same time. Um, and we made it all come together. I remember after that um, recording, you and I, you, me, and Sam, like hung out for like another like hour and a half because we were like fucking wired.
1: Oh, um, yeah. We were so like on such a high from the.
2: Because we landed, we landed the plane. We were like, oh, my God, we did that. Right. Like, uh-huh. um, and, and I, I remember Sam and I were also particularly wired because Sam and I are not as we're not as skilled like Sam for sure is like a genuinely one of the funniest people I know. And like, is like always quick on a joke. Um, and I, I will, I will lend myself the idea that like, as far as like story structure and like plotting and things go, I have like a pretty good sense for that over having developed that over time. Mm. Um, but being able to do it all like, like that without needing what we typically needed, which was like, 40 episodes um to bring it all bring it all home was like it, it's super intoxicating it was like so
1: it was so much fun you know yeah it's almost like a drug it's so like electrifying the feeling like yeah. yeah yeah absolutely the rush mm-hmm. and um, i
2: oh go ahead will no 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 you go um i i i was i was curious uh because here because here's the thing that like is like often uh I think improv sometimes get gets maligned a little bit um, by people who have, uh, I would describe as like, they haven't experienced it much. Um, how much rehearsal do you do? Like, cause like weirdly, I, I, I think like you do have to do a lot of rehearsal and very consistently cause it, cause you, you, you guys have to develop like a set of skills. You can't just, it can't just be rote memorization and practice, you
1: know? Um, Oh, yeah. I mean, I I would say there's an incredible amount of, you know, like, rehearsal and practice. There's improv games. There's warm-ups. There's, um, there's all these things within improv. You know, you have to find what's called, for instance, like, the game of the scene. And the game of the scene is when you're in a scene, you find the thing that's funny, the thing that's, like, going on. Like, you know, you've got two people. You've got, like, a husband and a wife who are on a road trip in the car. And then, the, the joke is that like the husband has all the presets on the radio set to like weird stations or things that like have nothing to do with their shared interests. And it's like revealing something about their relationship. That's like totally off the top of my head, but um, you know, that then the game of the scene would become the thing that's funny. And we play with that. So you're like, you're clicking on all the radio stations and you're hearing what they say and the characters are talking about them. Yeah. Um, and so like, so you have to practice a lot for everyone to be on the same page of identifying what the game is or getting used to doing like different types of characters or knowing when is a good time to come in and when's not um but i i also for what people when they disparage improv <laughs> one thing i'll say is like you're completely right like there's nothing more like cringing sometimes than watching bad improv like if you watch like really bad, terrible improv comedy. I am right with you 100% that there's like nothing more like uncomfortable and like uh, (laughs) not enjoyable to watch than that, (laughs) Um, which makes it even more impressive when you see it done well. Like the people at UCB, Derek, in LA, like I'm I'm jealous that you live in LA because I would love to be able to go just like watch a UCB improv show
0: yeah yeah it's it's wild it's it's wild seeing like the things there and hey when you come down
1: oh yeah absolutely
2: tickets. we can go catch it um, where are the improv hubs will like new york and la obviously of course but like chicago's chicago. one i th- i think right yeah
1: chicago huge one. Second city is probably like the improv mecca gotcha so yeah um and, uh, I mean, New York used to have UCB and it's not here anymore though. I think there's like some stirrings that it's going to come back. Um, but there's like, you know, there's improv f- theaters around, um, one, one place that, cause I kind of just wanted to start getting back into it. One place mm-hmm. I went to is this place called, um, squirrel improv theater, which is based in like New York and, and Brooklyn a little bit. Um, and I, I had a good time. I've only taken, like, I've only been there like a couple times, but it's really great. And, you know, and one thing is, and rightfully so, you know, improv has a reputation for being a very white guy dominated field. You know, it's just like guys, yep. the, the, you know, the stereotype is it's, it's white guys in flannel shirts in a <laughs> co- in a college gym, like, doing jokes about, like, sex and drugs and, you know, whatever. Yeah. Um, yep. And I feel like I've seen an unfortunate amount of those sorts of improv shows. Oh, Mm -hmm. rip. Um, So, but it's good. This, like, the Squirrel Improv Theater has, like, a commitment. It was, you know, to kind of counteract a lot of that stuff. So, I mean, if anyone who's listening to this is in New York, um, any, you know, POC or queer performers, they get um, credits to take classes. So, classes aren't as expensive for those people. Um, And there's a preferential, you know, like, kind of prioritizing of those spaces. They have, like, all, All POC classes, all LGBT classes, you know, if that's something that like someone wants to do, because like you guys were saying, improv is such a intimidating thing at times that like, if you're already intimidated by entering spaces that don't feel welcoming, like then you're really not going to want to try improv, you know? Yeah. Um, Yeah. So. That's a really good point. Hmm. So like those, so I feel like a lot of the critiques of improv, (laughs) unfortunately, are kind of valid.
2: Um, I mean, that's, that's totally fair. I just, I, I feel, I sometimes feel sad because I do, i run into a lot of people who are just like who have never seen any good improv or never run into any good improv. And it's just, just like, that's a little heartbreaking because I have rarely laughed harder mm -hmm. than when improv is like firing on all cylinders, you know? Yeah, Um, And I, I, yeah, I just, I, I want more people to, to give it both its due, um, such that they could tell the difference between, oh, I saw a really bad improv show, and improv is bad, you know?
1: Yeah, um, yeah. Well, so do you – let me ask you guys. Do you think that you would ever – I mean, you guys play D&D all the time. You're – you know, all that sort of stuff. But would you ever give, like, a full-on improv class a try? Would you, like, go – like, in the office when he goes to his improv class?
0: <laughs> um, <laughs> um, would you yeah.
1: ever do anything like that?
2: Yeah. Oh, yeah. yes. Uh. And I actually know that the circumstances under which I would go, which is I would I would have to go with Derek or you will or Sam, <laughs> I'd have I'd have to go with somebody. Um, but yeah, I know for sure. I would at least be like, yeah, okay, let's do it. Like,
0: yeah, no, yeah, I I'd I yeah, I would love to go. I'd actually saved money to go right before March, 2020. Um, and well, then that didn't happen Yeah, <laughs> I needed the money for other things. But yeah, I, one day I would love to do some improv classes.
1: It's yeah. I mean, I, yeah. I recommend it. I mean, Dane, I don't know. I mean, you, your new, uh, your new school that you'll be attending. I'm sure there's an opportunity. Oh yeah. Why, you, you could, it you could join the, the improv team. <laughs>
2: Yeah Uh, things might
1: be a little busy. Things might be a little busy. Yeah,
2: Yeah. I'm a little little worried about I'll I'll I will approach all of those things when I know exactly how fucked I am. Um Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) um, but yeah. Uh. One question as we sort of wrap things up though, Will is for anyone thinking about it or wanting to give it a try, what would you suggest for people?
1: Um I would suggest Like, I think the biggest thing is now, you know, with the internet, you can find so many things that, like, cater to your, um, what your perceived skill level or comfort level is with a thing like that. Mm -hmm. So I think, you know, go, go take a class, go look up, you know, if they're teaching a class nearby and there's, you know, there's beginner, intermediate, advanced. And then even if you feel like that is something that doesn't totally, like, you know, appeal, I feel like Dungeons and Dragons, like tabletop RPGs, these are great like introductory ways into like getting into something like that, Yeah. Um, because you have yeah. the comfort of the game and the rules, um, but you have the improvised element of like shared fiction and collective storytelling that like everyone is kind of like a part of.
0: Yeah,
2: um,
1: absolutely.
2: Absolutely. And, okay, last thing. Last thing. I swear. Um, <laughs> do you? Uh, I, does everybody have maybe like an improv thing that they could suggest for people to like go experience or like go um, uh, listen to or whatnot um, as like a for so like to, so people can listen or or watch
1: good improv, you know? Mm. Interesting. Yeah, I mean, I would say the best is to just go go watch a live performance yeah um and then see if you thought it was good like it doesn't have to necessarily be go watch great improv you can yep. go, you, sometimes it's also really funny to go watch bad improv um and to be like can you believe that like how uncomfortable that was like if you're if you're comfortable with like cringe comedy it sometimes it's nice <laughs> to just go like find the improv team in your neighborhood and go watch them yeah um, because also like funnily enough i because i like to do it so much i kind of don't I don't watch or listen to a lot of improv in my free time. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I prefer like to read, you know, a book or watch a film or something that's been like prepared and written ahead of time. Yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, I would just say like, go find the, and Hey, and like support your local <laughs> improv team. Um, <laughs>
2: totally. <laughs> they're out so, there. They're there. You, oh, find. Yeah.
0: <laughs> they're there. They got a jar and they're not selling lemonade. Exactly. <laughs> Uh, yeah. I feel like that's a good one. Yeah, like just go watch improv. Doesn't have to be great improv. Just can be any improv. Um. Also, like, I don't know. Like, sometimes podcasts will like do a live show, and if they're like kind of y, that's like a great way to experience like them live versus like just listening to like improv. Um. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because I mean, like, I I also feel like there's a lot of. I mean, like. A, listening to any D and D podcast at this point, or like hello from the magic tavern, actually hello from the magic tavern would be a great starting point. Cause that's some pretty digestible yeah. half hour improv. Um, that was
2: going to be one of my suggestions for yeah. sure. Yeah. Like that's, yeah. I think.
1: Oh, actually. Yeah. Now, now that I've said it, I do have a good suggestion, mm. Oh, yeah, yeah, which is that I am a huge fan. Some of my favorite movies ever are, the Christopher Guest mockumentaries. If you've ever seen oh, um, yeah. mm-hmm. Waiting for Guffman or uh, Best in Show. They're I've
0: heard of Best in Show.
1: Ex- huh. Incredibly funny, like very funny comedies and all of them are virtually all of them are improvised. Oh So, wow. they, so they don't have a script. They have like a general idea and some character bios, um, but they're all, both of those movies feature the same kind of cast in both of them. And that, that would be a big recommendation of mine. Like that's, if you want to see improv done really well in film, which is especially hard.
0: (laughs) Yeah. um, Yeah. I mean, considering some genres of film improv (laughs) that exist out there. Yeah. uh, Yeah.
1: So, yeah, I would say, I would say waiting for Guffman and best in show, the kind of Christopher guest mockumentaries. That would be my, my recommendation.
0: Putting that on my watch list.
2: Unboxed. Yeah. good <laughs> good choices for sure okay i have no more i, I have no more we can we you can leave no we more. can go we can be free we're done we can be free <laughs> but
0: dane we can never be free we're forever just voices in a waveform audio medium distributed via some digital company corporation for free because we don't pay for that because we made an agreement to keep it fun and not yep. tied to any sort of <laughs> capitalism i don't know where this is going (laughs) okay
2: oh wait before we lose will i'm sorry i do have one more thing will real quick i am curious seeing as we've been kind of talking about uh an art form you're pretty well invested in Derek and i have been kind of like circling this idea a lot lately about um what constitutes like fulfillment and success within art because Mm -hmm. as as we were growing up right a lot of a lot of what is being told to you is like making money through your art, being Mm. a full-time artist is the only, are like the only markers of success within Mm -hmm. Um, creative fields. How
1: are you feeling about that these days? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I feel that pressure too. You know, I mean, we live without, um, you know, without (laughs) kind of making two, without obscurity it's like we live in a very market dominated world where you are your brand and if you want to create art, it has to be monetized in some way or it has to the only way it can be validated in the eyes of others if it is if it's like you know literally feeding you food like it's mm-hmm. it's what you're doing to make money and as a business yeah and and that's totally fine too but also um you know sometimes the best art is the stuff that is like the thing that gives me a break or a release and is just like feeds kind of your soul a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and I found that if I were to really try and like, you know, I have friends who are really into comedy and they're constantly like, I have to make, I have to clip my stuff and make it a TikTok, And I, then I have to post this and I have to be tweeting this and I have to be taking videos of me doing this and posting it. Yeah. And then it, it, I get the sense that it sucks a lot of the joy out of the doing. Um, and And that's not something that comes naturally to me is, you know, I I don't think I could make a lot of online content. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, yeah, I I would say like, you know, you're you're you aren't your job, but you're you know, you aren't even your hobbies. You're just you just are you and you can just like do your thing. And and it's it's art as long as that's what you consider it to be. Um, That's not as succinct of an answer as I wish I could give, but that's kind of just like where I'm at. Because my my perception of what I do is always changing.
2: Fair. Yeah. Fair enough. Fair enough. Okay, Derek, end the episode before I ask something else. Okay, <laughs> say goodbye, Will. <laughs> All
1: right, so, uh, thanks for having me on, guys. I really appreciate it. Yeah. It's
2: been great. We'll have to have you back soon. Yes.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Definitely. And I'm so glad I can be on the Dana and Derek pod, my favorite podcast on the internet. <gasps>
0: oh, Aww. that is... You are one of our first reviews, actually. Which, I, think I think so, I think, yeah. Is like incredible, phenomenal. I really appreciate you listening to our show, man. And this was really great having you on for these last two weeks. <laughs> <laughs> the magic has been pulled behind the curtain. No, no inside attention. baseball. It's I'm going to bleep baseball. that part out of the episode. <laughs> and so I'll leave in the part where I tell everyone I've bleeped it out and it'll mm-hmm. just mess with everyone. Mm-hmm. So they'll forever wonder. What we discuss Whoa. not Rude. so
1: you're not pulling the curtain back, you're adding a second curtain.
2: I'm
0: adding a second curtain,
1: <laughs> a- actively <laughs> obfuscating
2: ob- ob- things, just yeah. making uh, it hard on people. All right,
0: uh, okay.